1: I got a text from a mate of mine from Oxford a thousand years ago. He's a, he's a world expert on George Eliot, the the novelist, he's very intellectual. And he said, By the way, what are your thoughts on Ben Barber? And I'm thinking, typical of him. I've just read a book by some guy called Laurent Binet about um, the, the murder of Heydrich, which I thought was like a French postmodernist thing. And I think I'd never heard of this bloke whatsoever. So I said, Derma, it's typical of you. I'm just thinking I'm getting on top for a little while and then you come up with this bloke out of the blue I said I'll look him up when I'm in New Zealand and tell you what I think of him I went on text to look it up and he plays, he plays for St Helens
2: <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Ruck the rugby podcast from the Times and Sunday Times
3: Jonesy where are we? We're the, in the 11th floor studio of the news building in London Bridge And where are we going to be in a week's time? Well, I've arranged with the customs. If we come through drunk, they won't let us in. (laughs) So I'm thinking of it. But otherwise, if they do let us in, we'll be in New Zealand. In fact, this time next week, we'll be in the capital, Auckland, New Zealand.
1: No, not the capital. That's Wellington. Oh, sorry. Hang on.
3: (laughs) I got all level geography as well. Well done. Well done. Barnes you're getting there a day early, aren't you? Barnes is right. It is the capital.
1: Yeah, I um, suffer from jet lag, and I also have a a dear friend in Auckland whose birthday happens to be on Tuesday, so I'll turn up to meet you boys at the airport. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you suffer from jet lag, and then you're going to have a huge drink
3: up you'll well, jet- be in a great state at the airport jet lag is a thing called an excuse Stephen it's called a, circadian yeah. dysrhythmia is the official term is that for right yes it is yeah. thank yeah. you for the man who didn't know what the capital of New Zealand was <laughs> no, all right. yeah, okay. I made a comeback there uh,
2: well yes there is a real sense of countdown now until the Lions leave on that count uh, we have a news bulletin today uh, there have been no further injuries to the squad at least not for 48 hours. In other news, we are delighted to announce that Dogman, our regular rugby expert and occasional owner of Half Decent
3: Greyhounds, got a win last week. Did you know that? He did. uh, He did. He told me to back it and I forgot, but Dogman is now back in the black. Yeah, Moro is the name of the dog, and I
2: don't know where he won, but let's call it the 330 at Utoxeter, something like that. Uh, on the subject of news, there was um, some factual inaccuracies on this show last week that we were obliged to correct. Uh, when we said that there would be an all-Irish final of the Guinness Pro 12, we were mistaken. Apologies. And uh, likewise, when certain voices on here suggested that Wasp would win their premiership final with something to spare, we weren't entirely correct on that either. Um, Seriously, that tells us what a brilliant weekend it was in the semi-finals of the Aviva Premiership and the Pro 12, or or at least one of the Pro 12 semis. Um, Great weekend, uh, boys. Um, Highlights? Something that sticks with you?
1: Um, I love the way the Scarlets played. They were brilliant in the first 40 minutes against Leinster, who haven't lost for two and a half years in the Pro 12 at home uh, they get Steph Evans sent off who was the outstanding player on the pitch and they just rolled their sleeves up there was such resolution and we haven't always seen that from them a brilliant defensive display from James Davis, uh, an utterly memorable effort from the Scarlets. James Davis who can't get in the Wales squad? Uh, it's, it's incredible. He, he, he's a really fine player. Yeah. He's not the biggest bloke ever but he's so quick he gets there and he's turned the ball over or got his arms around it and won the penalty before the big men arrive. It's a very strange call. We've yeah,
2: we talked a lot about the weird England squad going to Argentina but, but there are omissions in, in, in the Wales squad that seems almost as peculiar as that. Anyway,
3: Jonesy, what well, what, um, what, what do you take away from the weekend? Oh, just fantastic! I mean, it was just a joyous experience for us to last. Um, uh, I've already made one distinction or one highlight in the in the paper on Sunday, but um, uh, I think I'll uh, obviously Henry Slade was one of the greatest. out of hand dead ball kicks I've ever seen the sheer guts of the guy to go for it really go for it and to put it four yards from the line then he had to come out for the five metre line it was one of the most stupendous kicks I've seen since Barnsley retired (laughs) Uh, also uh, for 40 um, years on the subject of Eddie's uh, England's card getting more and more silly as the days go by if you saw Don Armand and you'd never seen him before you said is this man is this man captain of the Lions but I mean he must be going with the Lions. but well, he's not even in the sort of semi-serious squad going to Argentina. Yeah. Don Armand was out of this world. Yeah,
1: but perhaps Eddie's not picking him because he doesn't want to pick people not born and bred in England, maybe. Ooh, meow. Uh, okay. OK, right. That narrows it down a bit. I thought um,
2: Sandy Park on Saturday was um, just riveting and a real, real treat. So we, we've, we've had a few kind of uh, hyperbolic sort of... Um, uh, podcast haven't we were saying god how brilliant this was how brilliant that was etc but that was a great day uh and and for me just the, the bit that i took away was uh, at the end of the game and and the sight of the beaten team Saracens led by Owen Farrell walking around the the um uh the perimeter of the pitch uh, applauding the fans and uh the um the applause they got from the extra spectators was uh, warm and so respectful and completely and utterly deserved and I thought it was a lovely moment. I just I think the um,
3: the premiership has been outstanding the last couple of weeks. Do you know what, what what happened was I think they started to walk around because they were looking for where their groups of supporters were because they weren't all together. And as they were looking for them, I mean everybody just rose and, and and cheered them. It was just very very good. We keep on saying oh good old and all that but Sometimes without justification But that We no, were was, looking for the special. press box as that well to clap us as well weren't we? Yeah there? well there were people gesticulating towards us I'm not sure whether <laughs> they were clapping or not <laughs> We got through all that And it
2: was a, a sort of pat, uh, a simple observation To say oh great weekend for the Lions uh, Saracen's players can be rested for a weekend um, uh, Leinster players uh, those, uh, they, they could have the weekend off as well uh, I think the the absolute the opposite is the case um f- for me before we get on to the, the the big one performance wise uh, Mako Polo um you've you've written a fair bit about this yourself Barnes he he doesn't look like a a test scrummager right now he looks at an outstanding test loose forward for instance but not not a
1: scrummager Since the game's gone professional, sometimes people now they start looking for television skills, and by television skills I mean the sort of things that just jump up out of the blue and you go, Wow, isn't that incredible? And the evolution of statistics has helped with that because Makovunapola has his stats blazed across the screen and quite rightly so he carries so much he tackles and he has a wonderful array of skills he one of the best football in front row forwards I've seen but it's like having a scrum half who can run 100 meters in 10.2 seconds um, can tackle pretty well but he can't pass and his kicking's useless you don't have a scrum half and I think we're seeing uh, Mako almost certainly not being a starter in the test. I'd go as far as to say, of the loose heads, he'd be their last choice starter, but one of the most important men in the squad for what he can bring in the last 25, 30 minutes. But, I mean, he struggled against uh, Clement. He got... He was in trouble against Munster in the first three scrums. He struggled against the Scarlets. I watched that last week in the pool stages, and he got absolutely minced by Harry Williams. So unless Harry Williams is the reincarnation of Frank Cotton, and I think he looks pretty good then you know there's big question marks about Mako as a loose So
2: what, what do you think? Because, because Mako uh, historically wasn't the greatest scrummager and then the last couple of years there's been enough, plenty of evidence to suggest that he's improved in that in that area sufficiently. So do you think that technically he's been exposed again or do you think this is part of
3: end of a long season... And, and that's the part of his game that's going. Well, I mean, I have to say, I don't share all the Stuart's doubts. I don't think he's as bad. Uh, he's certainly not a weak link. And I've seen him, you know, Saracens have been going forward all season. Um, I mean, against Munster, once they sorted out, they put Munster away as well. I agree, he's not of the very, very top class. But your second point, at the end of that game on Saturday, he looked gone to me. Mm. If you see the expression on his face when the referee gives the try, uh, the, try at, the try at the end to say, to, to Simmons, he looked absolutely wasted, and you know, the ludicrous nature of this tour is becoming more and more evident as time goes on. I mm. uh, take Stuart's point, and I think probably he won't be the if they're going to try and take them on in the scrummage, he won't be the starter. Um, but they got three good players there in, in various roles, so we'll mm. see. The other, uh,
2: again, another another player who wasn't on um, another lion's strong lion's man. who wasn't on great form at the weekend. Uh, was Johnny Sexton. Cool. Barnsey, you were at that game.
1: Mm. Well, you know, I, I've been a big Sexton fan for a long time. He's a fly half normally. Who, when he's not in his best form, he doesn't hurt a team because his decision making is good. So when people say He was rusty, so don't worry about that. I don't buy that at all because he went out there and he played as if he was playing to instructions. And I want Johnny Sexton to run a show. That's the great strength of his game. And when you look at someone like Farrell's advantages, generally as a goal kicker, uh, just as as a hard guy, and someone whose attacking game has come on so far, to see Sexton not controlling the game, not understanding... Where he had to put his Leinster team was was deeply worrying, I think. And I think in the space of a couple of weeks now, with his injuries and then his performance at the weekend, Farrell now must look like the likely starter at fly half for the Lions. I thought he was, it was a really poor game from Sexton.
2: The thing about Sexton, though, is he, he's the, he's a big game player, isn't he? The The, the bigger the stakes, the more... He's likely to, to turn up.
3: Steve is shaking your head in disagreement. Well, I'm not going to change my mind now because what I've said about Fly out to the Lions, I've said from podcast number one week months ago. I'm sorry, Farrell is clearly ahead as the number one Test player. Unless he goes down injured, he will play in the Test matches, and I don't think it's even close. I really don't think it's close. We're not we're not there. We're not playing Australia now. We're playing New Zealand away down there. Uh, Owen will be targeted savagely, but he's the sort of bloke well, who, up, who will he? lap it up. Johnny Sexton is not the sort of bloke who laps up being targeted.
1: Well, The other issue there, it, it's the question: if Sexton and Farrell are your two best midfield backs, do you go Sexton and Farrell? And That's what I've argued.
2: That's what or, I've been with from, yeah, from the yeah, start. Yeah, you've been as the same well. as I've me all been on the that. time,
1: but. Sexton's not playing well enough and and though I I have my reservations about inside centre I don't think we've got anyone who's a a shoe in at that level I think it's a question mark and a scrap between Henshaw and probably Teo with Sexton playing that way suddenly you're thinking just play Farrell in his best position and the other thing about Owen is um, he's very physical and people say he's a great tackler He's not a great tackler when he plays centre. He goes very high. He goes for the Rugby League hit to dislodge. Hmm. And and we have seen that in recent weeks. New Zealand would target him there at 10. He's not quite in that line of fire. And he can get his technique right. I think, funnily enough, Owen Farrell would be a defensive... um, Worry at twelve in a way that probably uh, Henshaw, who has his limitations, but it tackles like a tank, wouldn't be.
3: Oh, in um, you remember last week we were in Dublin talking to friends and Times readers, etc., at a function, and uh, the, 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 everyone in the audience, possibly scenting that uh, their, their hero was was struggling a bit, were talking about. Uh, well, let's let's play um, Sexton ten. Uh, sorry, Sexton ten and Farrell twelve. And um, time and again, this was suggested. And I had to remind people that the Lions coach, in ninety-five percent of the games he's he's coached at an international level, has picked a twelve who's six foot six and eighteen stone, and that is that is his philosophy of a twelve. And I think in New Zealand it's quite right. So I think it'll be Henshaw. It certainly won't be a converted ten. Mm. Mm.
2: But it's interesting that it? we're seeing the, the the team, or certainly the way we're discussing it, sort of uh, changing before our eyes after a, after a weekend like that. And uh, of course, the, the the biggest change, the biggest impact, is the injury to Billy Bonipola that. Um, that was announced on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Uh, introduced a conversation almost immediately. As a, um, if you were to do write your sort of top three lines you'd least like to lose. Um, where where would he come? I, I put I put Farrell as my number one and Billy as my number two. Um, a, any disagreement on that? Well, you'd have yeah. him as number one, wouldn't you,
3: Jones? The top three of lines you don't want to lose. I'd have Billy Van der Napola one, two, and three. I think well, it, I almost winced when I read it maybe it says some, it's something about the spirit of the man the indomitable spirit as well as his play because actually it is one of the positions where there are two world class players so we shouldn't have felt yeah. like we did but there is something about him and, and, and what he is, what he does, there's this awe around him. I, f- I felt a pain in my side when I, when I heard he wasn't going.
1: Normally, I, I don't answer my phone, well, any time, do I, Jonesy? But no. But I don't answer it after about seven o'clock on a Sunday evening. And for some reason... My text bleeped, and I don't know why. I just picked it up. It was lurking around on the sofa, and it said, "I think what rubbish is this now?" And it said, "Vunapola out of Lions tour," and I dropped the phone. (laughs) And you know, I, you know, I'm going as a as a journalist. You know, we're not players. It's not of huge importance to us. I'd like the Lions to do well, Mm. but it was you are romantic. You it would be that bigger thing. The, The it's. One and two, I'll go. You can go Farrell one, Funapola two. You go one, two, three. I'll have have Billy one and two and maybe Farrell three. Okay. Okay.
2: Huge. But it's huge because it changes what they can deliver and how they deliver it. Um, He would have been an ideal... Um, Warren Gatlin player along the lines that you were suggesting Jonesy the, the, he's
3: the ultimate ball carrier with mm. hands and, and feet and intelligence to go with it yes he is and he just takes such an, makes such an impact on the fringes in defence or attack mm. and The peculiar thing is that his replacement, Toby Falato, is taller. He he is um, infinitely more, clearly, of a line-out factor. He's quicker. And arguably, although Billy is a fine athlete, arguably he's more athletic. But there is still something in you that however much... I mean, I think Toby Falato is the greatest Welsh number 8 there's ever been. And that puts him above Mervyn Davis, which is obviously sacrilegious. But I do. But again,
1: I still would rather, uh, from the Lions' point of view, that Billy was there. Well, there was a possibility, a, a real possibility, of Falotau, the form he's in, playing at six. I think, he, him,
2: I think he would have done using that. Using him
1: as a line-out forward. And the other thing now is, even if he didn't do that, Owen... You would go Billy Vunipola who has a habit of going 80 minutes but let's you know, let's be honest playing for Saracens even against Clermont or Exeter is not the same as playing for the Lions against the All Blacks so if B- Billy had gone a big 60 and you've got 20 out of Toby Fallatow, that's one hell of a number 8 and his absence also his constant ability to churn through the middle stops mm. uh, Kieran Reid playing in that wide angled game of his where he's the best number eight in the world and the best number I've ever seen his skills are so good New Zealand love to get him there he, he, he plays these little one twos with Julian Savia and if Vinopola was there he makes him come in field because he says come on you got to pull your weight and stop this guy carrying to us that's exactly what the Lions needed and for all the skills of uh, Talupe Falatao, he's not that sort of player. To-
3: totally agree. I mean, you saying to Kieran Reid, right, mate, you stay out on the wing if you want to. That's what Billy was Billy was yeah, was going to we'll do. We'll run through
1: the hole Yeah, six. So exactly. what, yeah. what
3: it does
2: is that it then change. There's a knock on effect, isn't yeah. there? Because you don't have that massive ball carrier at eight. So does that not redefine what they'll want at six? Then does that not make Stander harder to avoid? Not saying he would want to avoid, but it, it, it makes him a, a, a more likely candidate for the six jersey. I, I,
1: I to be honest honest I, I don't think he's the six I don't think at the highest level he has quite produced it um, I know what you mean in theory yes because he's a ball carrier um, but 30 ball carries of half a meter is going to get you the prime sum of nowhere against New Zealand you've got to carry with impact and effect and I just don't think he has it I think what happens with Faletau coming into eight um, does two things one it it probably hurts the chances of Peter O'Mahony because they feel with well, Toby there, our line out's a little yeah, bit better. Yeah. And what could happen, what could be a radical shift, they could consider O'Brien at six or there's a possibility that Warburton goes there. And now and I think O'Brien is ideal as a six because he's a ball carrier. Question is, is he going to be fit and is he going to be at full tilt? Because... For what goes, you need someone who can carry hard and carry regularly. And he's the, the I think, Steve, the, the most likely of the Lions to do that. So I would see a possibly an O'Brien, Faletau, Warburton back road to start.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I just wonder whether it should he be fitting at his best that they'll stick with the big six and put Courtney there. Because I think there's a traffic jam of sixes there, none of whom... Uh, Demonstrably fit the bill I think Standard I think Standard Will be the backup Number eight now I mm-hmm. think Warren's Actually said I think he'd be The backup number eight. Oh, Mahoney's got to Prove that out of His environment In the Lions tour Which as you say Stuart Is different to Even for Munster It is a different thing When you're trying To dominate someone uh, Moriarty We know what he can do He's very ebullient And um, he's full of life But I just wonder Whether you could go back To Courtney Laws there Because I know Warren likes him And uh, if Courtney Is 100% fit There's a chance I think when we come back, they will realise they took too many blindside flankers.
2: Yeah, Laws or Henderson does that does that role amazingly yes, well. Yes, well. absolutely. He's correct. a player that I think will, that could well be, be coming back and going. Christ, he absolutely.
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ.
3: Elevated I totally agree that with that too. I think he's got a great chance now. exactly Henderson
1: yeah I think he's a little bit too much like Maro Atoge and slightly downbeat and I also don't think his form was anything like as good this season as it was last season <clears throat> but one thing well, we you'd say are the same knowing,
2: with James Haskell at the moment, wouldn't you?
1: Oh, oh definitely. One one thing we are seeing though, that just the number of people we're discussing with the six. This Billy Vunapola thing has knock-on consequences way above the fact sure. that he's the Lions' best place player. He is really going to have to make Warren think again, and I think Gatland probably would think most of his test team. I know it sounds crazy to us and the general public. He'd know what they were. He would think he knew what they were because. The odd bad game or the odd good game won't change it. Now, I think he's got to reset his mind. Sure, I totally agree with that. And,
2: and just last word on, on the lines, Barnsley, when you're when you're in the, that group and something like that happens and you lose a major player, uh, are, are players now just so attuned to this is a fact of life, take it on the chin, move on, or would it have um, uh, shocked them immensely as well?
1: I think do I, I, there'll be five guys who will be really down about it and they'll all be his teammates same way when I was there in 93 uh, Ian Hunter who was no Pili Vinopola, great player Ian got injured in the first game and he was out of the tour and it had um, slight psychological consequences for a while it, it sort of it downed a, a few of the players for a day or two because it it is such an adventure you mustn't We could get cynical about the Lions, we could talk about the money and talk about the timing of the tours, but when you're a Lions player, it's sold to you as an adventure and you buy into it as an adventure. And to lose someone like uh, Big Billy, who was so central to the whole thing and a real character... I think we'll have an impact especially upon the Saracens and that can't be underestimated because a lot of these Saracens are core players
3: I think that, I, I agree but also I think it's even deeper than that there are they're 41 players there they've all watched <coughs> they've all watched Saracens progress they've seen Billy for two years be the outstanding and the highest profile player in um, in, in Europe and they've asked themselves blimey I wonder what he's really like well 40 people well, minus the Saracens obviously got the chance saying blimey I'm going to play with this guy Dying. play with this guy he's won the European Cup twice etc I think they'll be devastated that he's, that he's not there and obviously Mako his brother and Toby Falato we're going to be the three musketeers together mm. I think I think Mako will miss him terribly
2: Saturday is the uh, final domestic finals we've been looking forward to uh, for uh, the whole season has been building up towards it uh, we've got a different um, we've got a different winner this time for sure it's the first time since 2019 20- uh, Thirteen that the Saracens haven't even been in the final. Um, from a journalist point of view, we like that, don't we? A, a, a different story. No. Oh.
1: Why don't we like it? No, 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 no. There's nothing against Exeter or Wasp I, I'm a great believer. I, I really love great teams just surging and creating dynasties Um, I I do and let's be honest if Saracens hadn't played Clemont a week before they would have won that game and they would be going for it still and they are the best team in England and that's taking nothing away from Exeter or Wasp but I would have liked to seen Saracens go in for a double-double and really raise the standards for everyone else and again and that has nothing to do in no way detrimental to the other two teams but I would like to see Saracen's there. I think it's a fair point but I th- I think that
3: by their very example they they've almost charted their own downfall but they have showed other people what the standards yeah. are meant to be you know. Yeah. I just think it's it's brilliant uh, you've got the two best attacking teams in uh, in, in 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 the game and, and you've got um two teams that actually attack too much. I mean, it's funny because at Exeter, they they, they kicked three of the first four balls and we all thought, oh, me, they, they're reigning in. Then they ran every single ball after that kind of thing, you know. I mean, Wasps, again, occasionally it spills over into madness. But, you know, with a dry ball, which I think it will be, I think it'll be a great spectacle. Two teams with a growing following. Um, Exeter just absolutely magnificent, and I—we've got to stop telling ourselves this was a shock result. Whoever they beat, you know, if they beat the I old, I think Blacks we're through and, that, aren't we? Well, I, I think mean, we're out the other uh, side, I just thinking, you know, oh, blame me. What, a, you know, what a shock! And of course, it wasn't a shock. I mean, they were—they were, they were tremendous. They deserved it. It was a year
2: ago when they got to the, into the final, and, and the whole of the county emptied so they could go and mm. twicken Yes, them. it was, and <laughs> it was like this is an amazing thing that the, this modest club had built itself into yes. into. Giant potential giant killers. They were giant killers, uh, and and as
3: you say, Jonesy, I, I don't see them as giant killers. Now I see see them as going toe to toe. You're right. And Gareth Steenson said something quite wise. I thought I think it was Gareth on Saturday where he said, look, last time we w- we got to the final, it was fantastic. We we, we were there as tourists to look around. He said this time it's win and win, you know, win only, which is which is exactly the right the right way to look at it. I think um I think Exeter will win it as well. I think if if you look at the
2: momentum of the teams, Exeter know more of what they're about at the moment than Wasps. I think Wasps find their form and lose it. And I also think that at uh, set piece, Exeter have Wasps all over. I mean, Exeter did Saracens in the, in the scrum and the Wasps line-out is fallible.
1: I think they'll squeeze the life out of Wasps up front. I also think tactically they will be a little bit too good for them. I think it's very important to have gone there last year and lost. They understand more about it. Um, they've come through a very patchy start of the season, so that they've actually been working on the job, so to speak, this season. And uh, their game management is excellent. It's absolutely excellent. Whereas Wasp, as Steve said, play some fabulous rugby, some deliriously good stuff and some utterly insane stuff. And I played a lot of finals at Twickenham and not always with a Bath team that was playing great rugby. But we tended to close up and not make too many mistakes. And we let the other teams try and overplay the game and they beat themselves. And that's what nine, tens out of, nine times out of ten in a cup final, we want it to be a great running game. But it doesn't matter what sport it is, in the end, a team will beat itself. And if you say to me, which team will beat itself, there's only one. And I'm totally with you, Owen. I would be quite surprised if Exeter did not win. I'd be very surprised if Exeter didn't win Saturday. John, do you like-
2: what thing that interests me about Exeter we were, we were talking last week you said it, if you were to perm a team from Exeter and Saracens then h- how many chiefs would get into it jack Nowell, and, and then 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 you're going then, then you're sort of scratching your head aren't you i mean that, that, that's part of their magnificence so do you think we should be hailing them for the fact that they are this this team, the, the ultimate team, because they're not superstars, or as, you're, as you've, sort of, you've already mentioned Don Armand, do you think that there are, are some brilliant players in there that haven't quite been elevated into the international recognition levels that they deserve to be on?
3: Absolutely. I mean, you say Jack Noel, but I mean, there is a case of Chris, Chris Ashton, you know, you wouldn't leave Chris Ashton out of a joint team. I think that's the greatness of the team and the club, that um, you might have picked 14 Saracens in a joint team, but you still wouldn't have... Bet your last penny that Southampton were going to beat them. Um, I, I just think that the, the, what they do is they 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 make it plain that they're not going to sign superstars. Not, that we're not going to push the boat out. We're not going to get some a Dan Carter in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What they do. They do though, that when they sign him they make them superstars afterwards. Phil Dolman is playing completely out of his skin. Uh, he's nowhere near the Welsh team. He was a reserve for Newport Dragons. Yeah. I mean, I, he, we could be reserved for Newport Dragons at, at the moment. He probably were, weren't you? you know, he, I was, yeah. He, I left though when they dropped me. Well, he, <laughs> he, Ian Witten Gareth Steenson, yeah. you know, Whitten had a magnificent game. Don Armand, I, I, you know, you say to them, boys, you haven't got many superstars there. They wouldn't give them monkeys because they've got their Exeter and they are got. they've got some magnificent players. And it's about time, even though, even if they are unfashionable players
1: in a sense, it's about time some of them got somewhere. Well, you think about Kai Horseman. I mean, Kai oh. Horseman was an emerging player at Harlequins, and he didn't quite emerge. So he goes to Worcester, who were just struggling. I, I, he was probably there when they went down. Did he have a great impact at Worcester? I don't really recall much. I no. remember Rob Baxter signed him, and I'm thinking what the Rob back to signing Kai Horseman for if X were ambitious in their going places they don't want Kai Horseman Kai Horseman now is the most dependable number eight in the league you know he doesn't break world records but he plays to a level every time and they just have they understand what it means to play for each other and, and, and to have beaten Saracens is quite something because if there's one thing the Saris understand it's that as well and that's why for me it was a great semi-final uh, not just the the, the the standard of rugby or the drama of it was just to see all those blokes so committed to one another. That's what the game is about. To yeah. Anyone who's played, you know that that just it it really gets the tear ducts going almost because you just see people putting everything in. That's fantastic. The, the, hmm.
2: the perfect contrast here is is in the Aussies, isn't it? And I'm thinking comparing Wasps to Saracens. You Wasps, you've got Curtly Beal. You know the the, the uh, one, a great superstar of the world game, yeah. and they had Charles Piertau last year. And they got LaRue. Willy Nairu now, and you know they they sign people who sell tickets and put bums on seats, and and also deliver. Um, yeah. uh, no no doubt about that. But but Exeter have, have signed. They've got I think they seven or eight Australians in there who have got um, I know ten caps each, more in some cases, less in some yeah. cases, and. And they,
3: they just fit into that thing of, we're not superstars, but we do an amazing job. I, I, I totally agree with that, except I would say that, for, you know, Wasp have got capacity 35,000 to try and fill. x have I've got 12,000 at the moment, or 30, whatever it is. But I'd also say that um, I don't think they've just brought in... Um, uh, scattergun sort of uh, tinsel superstars. I think Kurtley Beale, by the way his body body, uh, is bodily, the way he holds himself and his and his attitude is clearly given it all. Yes, he has. Clearly looked, you know, shocking. Willie LaRue is just finding his feet. So I think that they've got slightly different priorities. But again, I don't think they've signed a real dummy. And the question is, however you get him in there, it's, it's then down to how he gets on. You- uh, in my point of view, they have got a team to, to, to Win the game, but uh, Cooper Willie's unfit. Nathan Hughes, I'm afraid, is not the player he was at the start of the season. He He looks like he's burnt out. Wouldn't be used to uh, probably playing, you know, 30 big games a year. Uh, Keenan Meyer was injured last week, so I think they just lost momentum. But, you know, good luck to them for sticking in there, winning that game, and uh, different priorities, but two great
1: clubs. You couldn't. I I think we all think Exeter deserve to be favourites. You can't write Wass off because of that capacity for players to do things. Um, Christian Wade had a quiet semi-final, which probably means he's going to score two wonder tries in the final. And Exeter will be wary of it. But I just think Exeter are are a team who can, like Saracens, keep the ball and keep Wass in the parts of the field where Wass will find it very hard.
2: Do do, do you think... um, do, do you, so so, Curtly Beale discussed. I am interest in what you say, Jonesy. Uh, I, I agree. With you. I think he's been outstanding. But there was a question mark when he came on uh, at the start of the season, or when he was finally fit in November. Uh, he's had a a, a, a few. Uh, well, he's collected a number of black marks on his CV along the way, isn't he? You know, mm. was he the is was, was he the right guy? you wanted to come in, spend lots of money on, and lead a, lead a team. Uh, I, I I thought it was a um, a really interesting and um,
3: um, potentially a big mistake at the time well I think Wass had done him a massive favour incidentally he didn't look very good at all when he limped off so we could be talking about guys not going to play on, mm. on the weekend but I have to say that um Kirtley's lost himself as you said on a number of occasions and I think that he's come over to Wass and uh, there was an option for another year which in in a way they both wanted to take but I think Kirtley's found himself and wants to go back and play for the Wallabies so I think Wass had done him a massive service I just think that you know the kids love it, love him and I, I think he's a, he's a really really fine player so I, I don't have a problem with that I think that David Young now and again you think God does he know what he's doing and then you see them play you think actually he does know what he's doing mm. OK uh, uh, who, who's going to win Jonesy Exeter by uh, between 9 and 11 Exeter 7 Oh I'd love to disagree but I'm, I'm joining the two boys I go in between Exeter by 8 Oh, okay. No one's gone for Wasps. Well, Wasps would probably shoot up in the batting. Alex, there can win. you
2: come in now? Uh, this is Alex, our producer, who's going to uh, going to declare that Wasps are going to win.
3: Yeah, I reckon Wasps are going to win it. That's rubbish. The last, that's Absolute the last time, rubbish. Last time we ask him anything.
2: <laughs> the other uh, big final of the weekend of course is uh, is the Guinness Pro 12 and uh, Scarlets as we said surprised uh, almost everyone by toppling Leinster uh, last weekend uh, they showed that it, it is possible to go over to Ireland and, and do a job on one of the, the uh, two big Irish teams uh, Munster this weekend uh, Barnsley can they go again? I'd be
1: surprised if they don't win Um well, I watch Munster must be favourites though aren't they all well, they might be with the bookies but I think they're wrong um, Scarlet I, I watched back um, their games against Saracens in the European pool game Saracens are the best team in Europe and the Scarlets despite the scoreline gave him one hell of a game uh, in Barnet and they drew as we all know at home their pack is very strong and Munster's great strength two, Munster have two great strengths their scrum Uh, which is fantastic. Their front row with Kilcoyne and John Ryan have been dynamic. Ryan's been one of the tight head players of of, of European rugby this season, every time. But if they don't dominate that scrum, there's not a lot there. I don't think Connor Murray is... 100% 100% I think he's getting there I think he's a little bit tentative and the other great strength of Munster has been their defence they're the best defence in the Pro 12 but what Scarlets have done in the last three months is gather their attacking force I tell you now we've talked about What's and Exeter in, in terms of players picking great lines and, and, and support angles then both of those English teams come second to the Scarlets. It's like an old lethly team of, of 20 years to go. Stephen Jones has got uh, Scott Williams and Jonathan Davies running wonderful angles. Now, it's a great shame that Steph Evans um, got sent off. I haven't heard... Uh, I assume he's going to get a one-match ban at least, but I wouldn't imagine he'll be playing. And then behind them, they've got Johnny McNichol, uh, DTH Van Der Merver, who's a hell of a player, comes in. Mm. This is a tremendous backline. And, and when you, you add... Players like uh, James Davis, who's a brilliant link player, and John Barkley, they have got an attack to scare Munster, and I think they've got the team to beat them. And, and people are saying Munster are favourites because it's in Dublin. Well, the Scarlet's beat them 30-21 already in Limerick this season. They have gone there and they've beaten Munster. Now, one thing about Munster is they've got the psychological strength. They've got a scrum, and I think it can be countered because Rob Evans and Samson Lee are in great form. They've got a brilliant defence, which I think can be uh, punctured because of the quality of the Scarlets' attack, and they've got that psychological strength that we all know Munster carry, especially sort of pro-12 levels and especially when they're on home patch. But that's gone because the Scarlets have gone to Limerick and they've already beaten them. They're not frightened of them. I spoke to Steve Jones before the game on Saturday and I said, you've got a great chance. And Steve looked at me, the other Steve, of course, the fly half, and he had a little sheepish grin. And he said, do you reckon? And I said, you have. And a massive smile went across his face. He wouldn't say nothing. I watched them build up. They went to Leinster, who hadn't lost for two and a half years at home at the RDS. And they expected to win. Mentally, they're tough.
3: I, I, I think that's all good news and I agree. And um, I, I would say that it is so, so important for the Pro 12 and for Welsh rugby that one of the teams reaches the final regularly and especially if they win it. Uh, Welsh teams have just played like any other team in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. They haven't been, they've not been skillful. They've not used what they got natively in their hands and feet and their, and their minds. And uh, it was so nice. Uh, I watched the Athletic game at the end of the weekend um, to see Jonathan Davis uh, looking like the player he can be and and being allowed to play like that. So it is vital, and I just think it could be groundbreaking that Flanethly we'll keep this up. But for goodness
1: sake, Wales need a team in the latter stages of all these events. Jonathan Davis, by the way, is playing himself bang into position to be the Lions number 13. Yeah.
2: yeah. He, I mean, Warren wants him there anyway, we know that. He yeah, well, well, he's I, a massive Jonathan Davis. He fan. is, and
1: Jonathan is now doing everything Warren wants. Jamie Joseph's a really good defender, but he's a bit. Jonathan Joseph, Jamie Joseph, was quite good, but he He was bad, was he? Well, he'd knock you senseless, so you couldn't do much. Jonathan likes to push across a bit more. I think with Farrell, there'll be a bit of a the rush we see with Ireland and a rush we've seen with Wales. And Jonathan Davis showed against Leinster his ability when to go and when not to go. um, Is bang on form. He carried good lines. His kicking game was all right. His defence was excellent. Sloty, we've got to go and pack now.
2: Okay. What what are we bringing ketchup? Would they do they have are the shops open over there yet?
3: Only only on a um, weekday. There's not not on Saturday Sunday. don't think. Don't worry about your sun cream. Okay, I've got I've hired a Ford Anglia. We can we can go all over the country in that. Okay.
2: So um, anyway, goodbye to the Cubby Hole studio on the eleventh floor. Uh, see you next week, boys. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, uh, thank you very much for um, uh, subscribing, listening, uh, joining in the conversation. Uh, w- so we will not be podcasting next early next week because we will be flying. We will be podcasting from Auckland uh, at the end of next week. And thereafter, we're going to be podding two times a week um, because we can't get enough. So um, tune in, join in the conversation. Uh, it's, uh, it's only really just starting this Lions thing uh, it's going to be great stick with us